Welcome to Manager Tools. How to do a phone screen interview, part two. This cast answers these questions. How do I conduct a phone screen interview? How is a phone screening interview different than a regular interview? How long should I spend phone screening a candidate? If you want the answers to these questions and more, well, listen up. Now let's talk about using or not using HR to do phone screens. In, in the past, I've been on the camp that no way is HR doing my phone screens, right? I have to do them. Right. If you gave me a range of possible managerial responses to the issue of HR phone screens, that's the one I love. But it's not a black and white. It's not a black and white. Yeah, and that's what, something I learned from you, right? We had, we had walked through it many years ago, and you convinced me that actually HR could play a role yeah. in doing the phone screens under certain conditions yeah. and... So let's, let's talk about that a bit. Yeah, good. Okay. Probably the single biggest determinant of what you are doing as you're listening to this regarding phone screens and HR's involvement is what was happening before you were there. Okay. Now, if you're in a small company and there's no HR, um, I recommend you not skip this um, because if you're in about the 100 people range, before you get to 200, probably somebody's going to hire an HR person. It may or may not be a good time. Um, but you're going to end up having to work with them. What's interesting is when I go to places where there have been managers for a while, the company's growing and then HR comes in, HR, the first question they ask um, is, hey, how do you guys do this stuff? And when the HR person hasn't been there and the managers have, the manager's way of doing it is, is, the, is the standard. And then HR has to convince the CEO, depending upon well he or, how he or she knows the CEO, that, oh, we need to make this change. Um, and, and for the record, guys, when the HR person comes into your organization, if you're a 150 or 200 person organization, typically the HR person that is brought in is an HR person from a big company or bigger company. There's an enormous difference between an HR person who comes to your firm. And by the way, this is an oversimplification, so there are certainly exceptions to this. But as a general rule, if we took broad brush approaches and generalizations of this, the HR person from a 300-person company is not nearly as skilled, not nearly as knowledgeable as the HR person from a 10,000-person company. Um, larger companies have formal processes and systems and HRIS systems and measurements and gates and deliverables and um, all kinds of factors, measures that would shock you, um, frankly. All that said, most places, managers assume that whatever HR says regarding phone screens is the way it's done. And in many cases, um, the process or the policy is that HR conducts phone screens for managers, meaning you do a resume calling or perhaps HR does the resume calling. We'll have another bit of guidance about that at some point. And then HR phone screens everybody and then they tell you who they recommend you bring in. Okay, that's a good idea, guys as opposed to not having any phone screening at all, because as we've said, it's another gate, it's another screen, it's an, and it's another set of eyes looking for a reason to say no. Not that HR understands what that's what their role should be. <laughs> and in the case of HR versus you, the hiring manager, and your directs and perhaps one to two peers of yours, HR is going to have a different perspective, and that's good. But... There's a huge misunderstanding that occurs when HR conducts phone screens as, as a general policy. Hey, that's how we do it here. What happens is many managers think that 
HR conducting a phone screen means that therefore HR is conducting the phone screen or the only phone screen that HR owns the phone screen process. In most cases, it's been our experience, managers assume that HR is doing something special, something different, something HR informed, some previously trained phone screen of which the manager is both incapable and for which the manager is unauthorized. Guys, this is laughably wrong in 90% of the situations in the world today. If you are at a company where HR does the phone screens, I can assure you, your belief in the the sanctity of that process is misplaced. This is not anti-HR. It is don't over-assume the rigidity and formality of the process that exists. If you're in a really big company and that's what you're told in your department, I promise you, I could go to another department probably within two miles of where you are and somebody else does it exactly opposite. Don't assume that HR is doing the phone screen as if there is such a thing. Don't assume that HR is therefore doing the only phone screen. Don't assume that HR is the phone screener of record for your firm. Now, I want to talk a little bit about HR here for a minute. And those of you who know manager tools for the last 10 plus years doing podcasts every week, I regret years ago having said on air several times, um, I hate HR. I don't believe that, and I shouldn't have said it before because it wasn't accurate. What I should have said is, I don't hate HR. I hate bad HR for all kinds of reasons, just like I hate bad managers, and that's why we're doing manager tools. And there's a lot of bad HR. There's a lot of ineffective, inefficient HR. If you have a young HR person who comes in and is not experienced, and the previous person says, oh, yeah, we do phone screens, it wouldn't be surprising that the, the HR person who doesn't have as much experience in HR as you have as management would say to you, oh, okay, I'll do the phone screens. Because that helps him or her look good to you as I'm part of the process by which you hire. And most HR people think, yeah, I'm involved in hiring. I mean, HR, if there's one place where HR really makes a difference, it's in hiring. So keep that in mind. The process that you believe exists right now in your company particularly if you joined the company in the process, somebody told you this is how we do it. Don't assume it's as rigid as you, that it is unchangeable. And then the question becomes, hey, what do you think HR is actually doing in a phone screen? And most managers, when I ask them that, Mike, guess what they say? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're they're doing some HR thing, right? It's like, hey, Maverick, do that pilot stuff that you Secret do, right? Secret sauce, secret yeah. process. Now, look, guys, when we ask what they're doing, it depends on the experience of your HR professional. Almost every HR phone screen that I've listened to, and by the way, I've trained HR staffs in how to do phone screens, almost every HR phone screen that I've been involved with includes some, the HR person sharing some obligatory information about the company. Again, the HR person is talking. They're briefing the candidate versus evaluating them. Um, there are probably some assertions regarding equal opportunity, non-discrimination, uh, sharing of an email address if the candidate during the process has concerns or questions. Um, you know, you can always come to me. There are probably some comments in there about company values and principles designed to differentiate your company from the competition and marketplace. Because generally speaking, 
particularly a more experienced HR professional, would be much better than the average manager in the world saying, here's how our hiring package, compensation package, work and culture and values stack up against the two to five to 10 companies that we typically are competing against in the marketplace for talent. I'll never forget being at an extremely well-known biotech pharma company and having the, the wonderful opportunity to listen to an HR person spend about an hour with, a, uh, with an external sales force. To, I'm, I'm sorry, it was a half an hour explaining, hey guys, here's the research we're doing about the marketplace. Here's why our salary bands are the way they are. Here who are our reference points. Now we can't know every single offer they make, but we try really hard to do a lot of research about what other companies do. And here's why our process is the way it is. I got to tell you, these sales managers were just, it was very impressive. And it, that's pretty rare. Most places, the manager gets some note and says, here's our ranges, here's our thing, go do your stuff, right? I was really impressed by how much they knew and the process that they were using at the time was subtly influenced by what they knew. But what's interesting is in a typical 30-minute phone screen, an HR person, can talk from anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. Now, what that means, if you're thinking smartly right now, is wait, 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 wait. <laughs> if they're talking for 10 minutes, they're only doing two-thirds evaluation of a 30-minute interview. Yes, that'd be correct. And, and Mark, if they're talking 20 minutes, maybe they're only evaluating them for 10, one-third of the time. Yes, that'd be true. And Mark, if they're not really crisp in asking their interview questions and they ask long-winded questions, which tends to be the case with more junior people, HR or managers as well, they might actually only get in the phone screen five to seven minutes worth of relevant information. And you'd be right. All that said, let's assume that we do get some relevant information. There are some questions. There is some evaluation going on. That HR phone screen is built primarily about around one of our favorite questions, which we'll talk more about in a minute. Tell me about yourself. Tell me about yourself is a good question. Arguably, if, if you ask me, it's the third best interview question in existence. And since everybody's going to email me, I'm going I'm to say it now, Mike. I used to leave these out and wait for the emails, but then I have to answer 50 emails. Right. For the record, guys, this is my opinion. The second best question in any interview is any well-planned in advance behavioral interviewing question. That's the, those are the, that's the synchronon. That's the, the gold standard interviewing. And the best question of all is the one that you ask in the interview to any candidate. It could be different with every candidate that gives you the information you need to categorically rule somebody out. That is the distillation of a great interview. There is no interview question that should give you information that makes you desperate to hire somebody. That's not what interview questions are designed to do. It could give you a lot of good data that make you think, wow, I'm impressed by that. But the next question is designed to still try to rule them out. So as they ask this, tell me about yourself question, HR's got a different background than us. They listen differently to most candidate answers to their questions. And by the way, they may ask other questions as well. But if you took a range of things, the most likely one would be tell me about yourself. In fact, if you ask me, what is the single favorite question of every HR person in the world, except those are, who are really exceptional? who would probably agree more with my favorites, they would say, oh yeah, tell me about yourself. That's, that's the go-to one. HR listens differently. Now, if you have a really experienced HR professional and you have a really solid relationship with them, and we'll talk about that more in a minute, the typical HR phone screen 
what's happening there is about screening for cultural and organizational fit. They're basically asking themselves, is this person right for our company? Does this person have the values we look for? Does this person sound generally like the kind of people that I see in the department that I'm conducting this phone screening for? Does this resume and their description of what they did sound similar to other people that we have in that area? Okay. And in most cases, they're evaluating communication skills during the phone screen. And of course, certainly during tell me about yourself. Okay. Now, what does that all tell us we should do? Let's assume the most likely situation here, a moderately experienced HR rep with whom you have a good, but you know, a pleasant and, and you know, they're your rep and they know they're here to support you. And maybe you email back and forth every once in a while. And sometimes they're helpful. Sometimes they're busy and so on. That's pretty normal. I'm not trying to throw HR under the bus with that one. You have a good, but not an extensive relationship. Doesn't have the background level of detail and the technical expertise required to work in your area. And neither do you have the background to work in HR. Okay. So they can't evaluate job skills, specific job skills. If that's the case, if that's you, and it's probably true for most of you, you have three choices. Okay. The most common situation, which we've alluded to already, is you let HR conduct the phone screen and you accept their input to narrow your field of candidates, assuming that they do. Okay. Most HR people are smart enough to know, I don't want to conduct six phone screens and say, yep, all six of them are good. That ought to raise a red flag in your head. Yeah. Okay. But let's assume you do, right? You then don't conduct your own phone screen because that's how it's done here. And you go right to taking whomever HR passed on to you for your final set of face-to-face -face interviews on site. The assumption here is that as a manager, I'm not sitting in on that interview. Right? Oh, so of course I, I have not, yeah. no idea what HR is saying or what questions they're asking or what kind of answers they're getting. Okay. Yeah. And look, in the same way that if I'm a technical guy, I don't question the way the sales guys actually make their sales because I don't have a lot of, I have no experience to suggest and I don't want them nosing around in my code, heaven forbid. So therefore, I don't know what they're doing and I have an assumption, big company, they have high standards, they're in HR, they must approve somebody to some, somebody. So, okay, they do their thing, I do our, my thing. I don't like, yeah, <laughs> like I, I don't know where you're going, but I, I don't like this so You far. are You are a smart man, Mr. Ozan. That is the wrong choice and okay, many managers good. make it. And Glad guys, look, I, I'm gonna say this again. One of my regrets in the last 10 years on our podcast is the number of times that people have actually said to me, boy, I don't, you know, I meet Mark at a conference and I almost don't wanna talk to him because he's just so, he's got such high standards. And one of the things I regret not having said enough is, if you didn't know this, we understand that. We have 20 more years of podcasts planned out. We have not put this all together in order to make you feel bad about what you don't know. The fact that you don't know it makes you normal. It makes you just like Mike and I when we had to learn this stuff the hard way. I don't want you to have to skin your knees and tear your ACL and, and um, get sick and be miserable. When this knowledge is readily available, I can't tell you the number of places I go where some executive, a VP or a senior VP, has, is a sharp professional manager, also a very good uh, um, executive in terms of a leader and so on, good business knowledge, good marketplace knowledge. And he or she has, you know, 
eight to 10 to 20 to 30 managers in their department. And many of those managers are bad. I'm like, why isn't he teaching them what he knows? He can run a meeting. He can do this. Why doesn't anybody else do it that way? Why doesn't he hold them accountable? And of course, what he would say is, yeah, I really thought about that. I thought I learned by hard knocks and they should learn. And that's a better way. No, it's not true, guys. So if you don't know this stuff, it's okay. Let yourself off the hook. Forgive yourself for what you didn't know yesterday. That's why these casts are free, to help you know this stuff. You can't do anything about the mistakes you made in interviewing in the past. Folks, I've made mistakes in interviewing, and I really have high standards in interviewing. My cast, too. So if you thought that before, it's okay. And now we're going to suggest some other ways that will make you more effective. The issue in this particular example we gave you, the combination here of a lack of a strong relationship with the HR person and the lack of your HR partner's knowledge of your work means that if you're solely relying on their screening process, that's probably misguided. The likelihood that HR is calibrated in this situation to what you're looking for is very small. So their evaluation of candidates is not related to your role. It's not related to your biases about skills, abilities, traits, characteristics. Their opinions won't be predictive of a candidate's success in your area. They may, in fact, be a general fit for the organization, but that's not why you're hiring. It's much more likely that somebody is not going to be a fit for your role than they are not going to be a fit for the entire company, right? It's much more likely that somebody could be a great person for XYZ Corp and then unfortunately, can't do your particular job. Having a screen of, oh, this person's our kind of person is a little bit like saying, hey, I give you 100 resumes. The analogy is, I give you 100 resumes. Would you please screen them and come back to me with the ones that you think might be good? And you go spend an hour with them and you come back and say, okay, I've screened them. And I say, great, can I have the stack? He says, here, here's 99. Well, that's not a qualitative difference. That doesn't help me, 99 to 100. Now, I'm not saying that HR doesn't say no to people, but is that the mistake that you most often see? Because of course they could make two mistakes, right? They could one eliminate somebody that you had, you done the phone interview, you might've thought would be a good candidate. That's one, one problem. And the other one of course is that they don't eliminate enough. Yeah. If we just do a quantitative analysis, Mark, the Mike, the bigger problem is they don't eliminate enough. Yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah. The underlying strategic problem that's going on here that leads to that quantitative analysis is they're not interviewing to a high enough standard. They're talking too much. They're briefing too much. For the record, if I'm an HR person, I'm relatively young, I'm relatively new. That's what my boss told me to do. Hey, look, here's our stuff. You got to talk about this. You got to talk about this. You got to do this. And in some cases, in big companies, their lawyers have said, don't let anybody start interviewing here without us telling them we are an equal opportunity employer. This is classic American business speak that we respect diversity, that we have a legal office if, in fact, they have concerns and so on. None of those things are necessary, but sometimes lawyers are involved. So the issue is there is not a discerning enough, specific enough, high wall building standard enough involved in the HR screen. And depending upon the type of person you have, more experience, better results, generally speaking. And some some HR people are so much better at this than I am that I bow to them. Um, but as a general rule, you get all over the lot. I can't predict what would happen. Ultimately, if I had to make a guess, um, it is too many people come through. My experience is that 
most HR professionals, and this is no dig at HR, but most of them view the phone interview as I'm going to do a phone screen of the individual, and then I'm going to share my observations, opinions yes, yes, with the hiring agency, manager. Yeah, right. And the hiring manager is going to still have to go through the interview, which is, yeah. again, defeats the primary purpose of the phone screen. Yeah, I'm not trying to rule them out. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. In fact, basically, they're looking to form an opinion. And as a general rule, if somebody has two heads, curses, makes a derogatory comment about women, or admits to being a racist, they're probably going to get through the phone screen. Okay, good. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty low standard, actually. Yeah. And to be fair, HR might say, I did a good thing for Horseman, who's the hiring manager. We would never have wanted that person. Heaven forbid that person get through an interview. True. And what a lawyer would say is, you can't tell that from a resume, so that's okay. But if you talk to a person and they're homophobe or something like that, and they then say that, our process implies by sending a person on to the next level that they had some small amount of our stamp of approval. So HR can do a lot better, but then so can we as hiring managers, okay? Okay, so we recommend not doing that anymore. That then leaves us a couple of options. You can phone screen everybody that HR phone screens, or you can phone screen those candidates that your HR partner passes on to you. In other words, you're going to add another phone screen funnel in the process. So if they started out with 10 and they recommend six, you're going to phone screen those six, and maybe you'll only bring three people in. Okay. Now, if you feel you can do this politically, then we recommend you phone screen everybody that HR did. So let me stop you there. That puts me a little, a little at odds with HR, perhaps. So how would I? Yeah, it does. What would I say to HR? The issue is, the reason I say if you feel you can do it politically, meaning HR won't if you choose to phone screen everybody. They won't act as if, as if they won't, in, they won't cite a, a, a an unwritten policy which says it is truly only HR's role to phone screen and therefore try to forbid you from doing that. And guys, there's a difference between HR forbidding you, particularly if it's an HR VP, and someone saying, hey, that's not how we do it. And I have to tell you, Mike, it's not how we do it, particularly for a younger manager and less experienced manager. If you're that guy or gal, I respect that. You may choose to go, ooh, ooh maybe I just had a little political shot across my bow there. Not how we do it is not forbidding. Now, what's happening is they are absolutely defending their importance in the process. And they would probably say, I called him and I told him, we're the only ones to do phone screens. You can't. Well, that's not what he's saying. He says, well, that's not how it's done here. But I can almost guarantee you, your company does not have a written policy which says HR will conduct the phone screens and managers may not phone screen an interview after man after HR has, and you must therefore go immediately to face-to-face -face interviews. I just can't, I can't even imagine that. There is no one that's that dumb. I, I would actually, I don't very often ask people to email me because. Yeah, yeah, let's do but that. Look at if, if, if there's a company out there that has the policy where HR does a phone screen and managers are not allowed to do so, I'd love to hear about it. I, I just can't believe that's true. Now, on the other hand, I can see where there there's some political hurdles to cross here where you doing a phone screen after they've done one suggests to the HR professional that you don't trust them, right? And, and I think that's worth addressing. Yeah, you're right. You asked me, what would I say, right? So here's what I would say. 
I really appreciate the phone screen you did. Thank you so much for it. And I'm sure you're right about everybody. That does, that's not a worry for me at all. On the other hand, I'm a relatively inexperienced interviewer. So me getting a sense of all the candidates that we're thinking about bringing in would be really helpful to me. And look, also, your criteria that you're using are, of course, different than mine. You have, a, you have, in some ways, a more important wall to build around the entire company, whereas I'm just looking at my team. And look, I'm likely to agree with you. Us both interviewing will give us a chance, if we're going to continue, to calibrate on this particular role and on my preferences and on your preferences. And I really want to have a good relationship with my HR professional and collaborating on stuff like this is a way to build a relationship. And finally, I may be able to screen a little bit further so there's a little bit less burden on my staff when a smaller group comes in for final interviews. And for those of you who are licensees, you don't have to replay that and scribble it down, particularly if you're in the car. Don't do that. You're licensed. You can download the show notes and have a written version, and then you can copy and paste it right into a script that you read to HR or you send an email to your HR professional. Although, if you want to have a relationship with your HR professional, it's probably better to call than send an email. That said, if you're not comfortable with the potential politics there or the tension that you think you might be creating, dudes, let that go. But anyway, we recommend you choose to conduct an additional phone screen on those candidates that HR recommended you continue to interview. HR doesn't have the right to tell you that you therefore must do face-to-face interviews. Now, there may be, if your company has a lot of open recs, people may say to you, are you crazy? You've got openings. In fact, I just talked to a guy this week, Mike, a great guy from Chicago, an engineer, and he, he says, we're really trying to revise the way we do this hiring. And it, he, he told the joke, he says, my company's name starts with a G, and so when we go to job fairs, I'm basically between Google and GE, who <laughs> tend to attract lots of candidates and good candidates as well um, because of their reputations even though they're very different, they're both very highly respected in the people business. And he said, you know, HR measures how long this process takes. We don't, we don't want a process that takes too long. We're afraid we're going to lose a candidate. And this is a case where he's right. He's totally right. We don't want the process to take too long, but we never want the length of process to drive a reduction in quality when the primary purpose of the entire process is not to try to find people. But think about that for a second, guys. HR is being measured on how many people they find. And we don't want speed to get in the way of quality. And they are in conflict with one another in some cases. If you go really fast and are desperate to hire, you're going to make some mistakes. So you have to be able to balance the issue of I really have a need. And HR is being graded in many cases, particularly in bigger organizations, on how long it takes them to get people to you. And they might say to you, why are you doing another phone screen? And guys, you could say this, hey, look, thanks for doing the screening. Just so I can get to know the candidates you've recommended, I'm also going to do phone screens on each of them. That's going to give me some information that I can share with my team, and they're going to be interviewing the candidates as well. And them knowing some things in advance beyond just the resume will help them when they sit down with the candidates or candidate um, for a more in-depth interview. Now, look, the downside of this technique is if you're working with an HR partner that you don't have a well-established relationship with, if you don't interview the people that they screened out, 
you won't get the opportunity to calibrate your evaluation of those people who are already ruled out. And that lack of calibration on what you would call a false negative in the event of an HR person that may in fact be good, not saying you still wouldn't rule them out, but calibrating on false negatives and false positives at every step of the process is helpful in terms of learning and growing and becoming even better as a screener of talent. And you may end up hiring someone that HR screened and passed, and then you may surmise from that that you are calibrated. But calibration really includes those false positives and false negatives at every step in the process. Uh, there may be somebody that they would have said no to that might have been a fit. It's not that you're desperate to hire that person. It's you ought to know why they said no, and you ought to be asking each other, what could we do to make sure that you're more in line with me? Yeah, and my experience is that most HR professionals appreciate this kind of collaboration. They want to, quote unquote, partner with you. I wish they'd stop using that term, yeah, but, they, 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 but that's what they say. They want word. to partner with you. And part of it is developing this relationship and calibrating on your needs as a manager. So Yeah, yeah. Something else you could say, it's a really powerful thing to say to HR in this process of developing your relationship and collaborating with them on this filtering process is, hey, listen, hiring the right people is the most important thing I do here. Look, I'm new, or even though I'm experienced, I've learned the hard way. There's only one thing worse than this opening. And I know we're focused on the opening, and I want to be focused on the opening, but there is one thing worse than an open position, and that's filling it with the wrong person. If I have a doubt, if I have a concern, even though the need feels urgent, I'm going to say no. And if I gather more data and I just have a doubt, if I have a doubt about somebody, I'm going to say no. And I don't hold you accountable for that, HR. That's on me. But I can also tell you this. I've never met a CEO who would tell you urgency is so important that you should be willing to hire someone who may turn out wrong. The great CEOs of the world would say the single biggest sink of their time, the single biggest when they analyze their time in some sort of pie chart, the biggest wedge is people, evaluating people, talking to people, planning people's careers, figuring out where the talent is, where the ta is the talent in the right place, is it, is it leveraged well, and so on. And what CEOs would say is, oh, please, let's not bring bad people in. Let's learn how to screen, and so on. Now. On the other side, on the fabulous side, if you do have an experienced HR partner and she knows your role and has screened for it before and interviewed for it before, like literally interviewed an entire hour, hour and a half interview, and you've developed a strong relationship with her over time, first of all, well done. HR partners like these are some of the most important colleagues you'll ever have in your career. And by the way, if that's true and you haven't done this yet, make a note now. Talk to their boss. Tell their boss, she's awesome. She makes me better because that's what HR is supposed to do. Genuflect in their presence. Bow to them every once in a while. Hello, honorable HR genius of mine. And then work to maintain the relationship. And by the way, we happen to be recording this in December. Know what their gift preferences are. Know what his or her favorite drink is. Have them come to your team meeting every once in a while and buy their first drink and know what their drink is, whether it's beer or really good scotch or cognac or whatever. Know that. Or milk or water. Yeah. Okay. Or tonic water and bitters. Um, 
who knows? Yeah, I, I tell you, when when you have a relationship with HR like that, it's just that's it's amazing. I mean, and those you've been around for a while listening to podcast for ten years know that I spent a lot of time at MCI a long time ago, and right. and there HR was a very very valued partner with oh, the good. business, and uh, it was just great to see the relationship then that the business had with HR. So. Now, my recollection was toward the end, though. I think this is maybe after WorldCom. HR was great, but there were cutbacks made such that HR's span of control or scope got to be so big that you you almost couldn't get to time with your HR person, even though the history was they were v- really valuable. Is that is my recollection correct? I think that was true on the other side of business. I was on the on the consumer side, and uh-huh. we still had a a great relationship with HR. Uh, um, good, but yeah, the, don't let's, let's don't mention the. The W word. We don't, we, don't, we don't use the W word on this. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, so, obviously, too, it's also true that there's a possibility you don't have an HR organization where you are, or that even if you do, it's not something they get involved in. Or if they're involved in it somewhere else, they may not be involved in it where you are. That's common, guys, and it's not problematic. Conduct phone screens in this situation on every candidate who made it through your resume and application culling process. Or if you have a great relationship with a stellar HR person and they're presently not involved in your screening and hiring process, why not include them? If they know your role and they know your needs and they know your team, they often can add an additional perspective. They can help you become better. And maybe they're also just a pair of hands in terms of labor sharing. I'll screen some, you screen some. Look, if Mike and I, if I was Mike's HR partner, I'm sure he would say, you take four, I take four. You know what I want. I know what you want, right? And we'll assume that both of us are doing the phone screens. And that way I don't have to do eight. Or you don't have to do eight, and then I don't have to do eight. But that's only if there's total trust, total knowledge, total experience. Cool, dude. I think now's a good time to to stop, and we'll we'll continue this next week. What do you think? Oh, great idea. Although I really have more. I know. No, this is turning out to be. I love this stuff. Well, you know, the the great thing about what you do here, and I give you all credit here, is that it is difficult to talk about phone screens without the context (laughs) of interviewing in general. So we we have to throw a lot of stuff in there that's not particular to a phone screen, but you have to kind of understand where we come from relative to interviewing. Now, the beauty of it is... You, know, you never know when our listeners are going to are going to come to us. This might be the very first podcast they listen to, so we can't right. assume a bunch of knowledge that. They and I'm thinking now of the number of people. If there's a problem with our podcast, they say Mark talks too much. And then the other side of that, what I thought you were going to say is, Orsman can talk for two hours about phone screens. <laughs> it's all done. And look. I don't. I don't actually want to talk about phone screens for two hours. I want managers to know how to do them because I don't want you to go through what Mike and I did. That's right. If you want to be great at your job, right, you have to be willing to invest some time and learn how to be great. Um, and it's not that hard, right? It's and not hard. It's we're not here complex. to teach you, yeah. Um, which is, the, which I think is the great thing. I don't know, but agreed. But listener, you make your own judgment. <laughs> okay, we'll uh, we'll continue this next week. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long. This podcast was produced by Manager Tools. Manager Tools creates actionable management guidance every single week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face as a manager or professional, go to www.manager-tools.com. Search for Manager Tools on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.